The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone. That's the whole point. He's never gone. Is this some radical new therapy? You see? Well, I must have not been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you're the other guy who's going to take the, the uh, coffee if you don't mind? Just a half a cup? Do you have a cup of coffee? Today. I know. He's my intern. He leaves tomorrow. Oh, he's leaving tomorrow? Yeah. He's I wish I knew. We should call him up under the show. Uh, see if we get some time at the end of the show and call him up. <laughs> Give him a proper send off. Uh, really? Can we just end the show now? I don't even know why I'm here. I would have canceled, but it's the week. It's the, it's the show after the election. Right. And I, people have high expectations of me, although I don't know why lately. <laughs> you should expect nothing of me lately, quite You're frankly. doing all right. You're doing all right. And even wow. in my state, even in my state, I'm hitting the papa So that's, that's a good thing. It's working. All right, that should be the end of the show, right? <laughs> like, thanks, folks. I'm just gonna run out the clock with Melvin Taylor today, and then that'll be the end of the show. <laughs> Now I lost all my results. Isn't that awesome? That was me. I threw you off. Fucking <laughs> believable. How much did Rich Russell lose? Do we have that? I think we got that. All right, let's get the show on the road, I guess. All right. Hi. Thanks for coming. Good night. <laughs> All right, how do I usually start this show? Hi. Hi, how are you guys doing? I'm Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. There it is. Hi, top two guys. Smoke shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Boy, my lungs are going to are gonna punish me for that. I was going to say, slow down. <laughs> it, it, is, it is the show after Election Day, and I know you have high hopes, but please don't ever do that with when it comes to me. Um... So normally I come in and I've got my election math and we go over who won and who lost. But, you know, really nobody gives a shit. Um, Lawrence had literally the lowest turnout in a non-mayoral race in the history of the city of Lawrence. The lowest turnout. That means nobody gives a shit. That means nobody cares 
who's running their local government. Now, here's what here, – you know, it's very hard for me to say anything negative about the Dominican community because I love the Dominican community. Like, I feel so blessed that of all the types of immigrants that could have come to Lawrence that we got Dominicans. Like, we could have got – we could have really got screwed. We could have got like, Palestinians. We could have got people from Jordan. You know what I mean? Like, we could have gotten, like, the bottom of the barrel. But we ended up getting Dominicans who are great food, beautiful women, outstanding music, uh, great nightlife, um, wonderful people, wonderful neighbors. And the only, but I'm going to have to say something negative because I go to Lawrence High School every so many years. I think it's every, it could be every two years, every four years. Don't hold me to that. When they have their Dominican elections. And when they have their Dominican elections in the Dominican Republic for their president, for their Congress, for their governors, if you are a dual citizenship and you, if you have dual citizenship and you live in Lawrence, you can vote in Lawrence for your Dominican elections. And there are people down the st- they, they hold the, they hold uh, one of the polling places. I think the only polling place is the old Lawrence High School on Haverhill Street. They have people down two, two uh, stories of stairs out to the sidewalk and around that huge block that's the old Lawrence High School. The old Lawrence High School is so big, it covers an entire city block. And that line goes down Lebanon Street, down Amesbury Street, down Haverhill Street, and then back up by the library. There are so many people standing in line for the, for the um, Dominican elections in Lawrence. That the, that the day that I actually went and shadowed one of the voters for a story about voter ID, by the way, which is a, a whole other story for another whole show, because they have voter ID, even though it's supposed to be racist. It took me almost two hours in line, standing with the person I was shadowing that day, to get from the end of the line all the way up to the point where they actually tell the person their name, their home address, show them their voter ID, which is supposed to be racist, and then, and then get their ballot and go vote. And the turnout is huge. It's phenomenal. I had somebody in District B, I believe, call me. So I was in the hospital all that day. Normally I'm out driving around. Thank you, sweetheart. Normally I'm out driving around, um, talking to candidates, getting the good, you know, the scuttlebutt on what rumors and, you know, what people are up to and, you know, what's going on behind my back when I wasn't around. But I wasn't able to do that. I was, I, was, I was down for the day. Of course, they had to pick election day to like do an outpatient procedure. So I was down for the day. And when I got out around 3.30, one of my friends posted on Facebook that he was voter number 15. 15 people up until 3 o'clock in the afternoon had voted. 15. Now, when I was growing up, which to some of you may seem like forever ago, And to me, it kind of seems like forever ago, too. But in the 80s, even in the early 90s, there was a line outside the polling places. People wanted to vote. We are losing our democracy at the local level. In fact, that was my editorial last month. The New Valley Patriot, by the way, is being delivered as we speak. It came out this morning because of the election. And I shouldn't have even held it for the election because obviously nobody gives a shit. Not in Methuen, not in Lawrence, not even in Haverhill. The lowest turnouts in the Merrimack Valley in a very, very long time. And I hear, inc- here's the funny thing, I hear incumbents. This is going to just be one random stream of thought until I, I give you guys actual numbers, because it doesn't really matter. But um, in, in um, Lawrence, in Haverhill, in Methuen, 
you you had such a low turnout, and I have incumbents who they're always looking to twist the narrative. They're always trying to make it make it like make it seem like they're such great people. They're so fucking awesome. I had one incumbent from Haverhill um, on. Uh, I think it was a, it was I think it was a podcast. It might have been on HAV, but I think it was a, uh, like a private podcast. He called into one of his friends on a podcast and said. Well, the fact that there's such a low turnout means people are happy with the job we're doing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. It means they don't give a shit. So you look at the number of people who voted in in Lawrence. You look at the number of people who voted. Let's let's stick to Methuen for a minute because they're they're often my whipping post, and they're going to be again today. You look at Methuen. You look at how few people the the city councilors in Methuen and the mayor in Methuen run around the community. Like, they are the cat's meow. They think they are so powerful and so loved because they hold elected office. And if this was 25 years ago, that would be true. If this was even 15 years ago, that would be true. But when one-tenth of one percent of your population shows up to vote, like, seriously, you know, you become the king of nothing. You know, my father and I used to have a thing when my father was alive, he used to say, um... He'd say, I'm the king and you're nothing. And I'd say, yeah, but that makes you the king of nothing, right? And I think of these elections the exact same way. You've finally achieved some level of of power, but it's power over nothing and power over nobody and nobody cares anymore. Because if, if another 300 people showed up in Methuen, if an additional 200 people showed up in Lawrence, and by the way, in one precinct, which we're going to talk about in a minute, in District B, if three more people showed up, that election would have been different. Wendy Luzon won by two votes. Two votes! Now, I endorsed Wendy Luzon, and then she attacked our acting police chief, and I thought about taking my, my endorsement back, but I decided not to do that because of all the other great things that I think she's going to do for the community. And as angry as I was at what she did, you know, like, we, ha- we all... We all have family members, right? We don't like what they do sometimes. We don't even like them sometimes. But we still love them because they're our family. I feel the same way about my friends. Wendy's been a friend for a long time. And I'm very unhappy with the way she has treated William Castro. I'm very unhappy about the way she has treated the mayor. And by the way, I'm a little unhappy about the way the mayor has treated her too. That does go both ways. But I did endorse her, and I know that we got her at least 20 votes in that district of people that I spoke to who said I voted for her because of you. She won by two votes, all right? So all of you who are elected officials who beef out your chest and think you're important, DJ Beauregard, all of you, all of you who go out there, you know, pulling on your vest and saying how, uh, you know, how you're, you're the best, you're powerful, everyone should bow down before you, that's the attitude that you have. I don't want to mention any more names because then it just makes it personal, right? But you're all full of shit. You're all the king of nothing because nobody cares anymore. And we, I tried personally to recruit. I had about 15 people that I called before the beginning of this election, these local municipal elections, which happened on Tuesday for those of you who didn't pay any attention to it and don't care. The, the, the 99% of you out there I should actually just stop doing politics on this show and do other stuff. I should actually just come in and do like restaurant reviews, talk about movies, because it's, it's obvious nobody, we've completely lost this country. When all of the illegal aliens that are streaming into this country realize that by numbers they can easily take over just by showing up at the polls, 
This country's finished. We're done. I mean, at the local level, we're done. At the state level, we're done. Even at the national level, we're done. We've, you know, this is, Tucker Carlson said this about a year ago, and it has resonated in my head ever since. He said, this is what it must have been like right before the fall of Rome. And it's been just, it's just been echoing in the back of my head as I see all these things happening. And if more people were voting, if more people care, why is voting at the local level important? Let's just talk about that for a minute. Your local mayors decide who gets hired for your police department. Your local mayor and city councils decide how much money gets spent on trash collection, whether or not the road in front of your house or your business gets fixed, and when it gets fixed, how much money you're paying in property taxes if you're a resident and if you're a business owner. You may not live in Lawrence, but you might have a business in Lawrence, and your local mayor and city council decide what your taxes are going to be, what services are going to be provided to you. That's what local government is all about. That's why, by the way, I always vote Democrat at the local level and Republican at the national level. Because at the local level, it's really about how can they disperse the federal and the state money that comes to them, and I think it's important to have influence over how that money gets spent so that it's not going to everybody's relatives like it, like it is in Methuen. Right? Not in Lawrence anymore. It used to be in Lawrence, but not anymore. Now it's, now it's mostly Methuen doing that. The other reason why voting is so important is because so few people are voting, it means the people who do vote have so much more influence because the pie is smaller, which means their piece takes up more of that pie. Does that make sense to anybody out there? Yeah? Okay. Chrissy's nodding her head, so I know I'm at least making sense to somebody. Murphy's, Murphy's fast asleep, though. I'll tell you something else about the Lawrence elections. In the Lawrence elections this, this uh, past Tuesday, Brian DePena is going to have himself some, some troubles come January. Because while he doesn't have a guaranteed hostile council, right now it's five to four. Like the council that we have today that's outgoing, he's got really, it's kind of like seven to three. On most votes, it's like seven to three, eight to two. There's nine councils in Lawrence. The incoming council is going to be five to four. And there's one council that got elected who's very independent, who's probably going to be the deciding vote on every major issue. And Brian DePena has slightly pissed that person off. He campaigned against my candidate, Fidelina Santiago in District A. Let's talk about her for a minute. So Fidelina came... um, to TMF about a year ago, and she wasn't running for anything. And she said she wanted to help the homeless, but first she wanted to learn what we were doing. (coughs) So she came and she served food, and she kind of sat back and watched how the whole process of what TMF does for the homeless, with Tuxbury Detox being there and clothing donations and and they sometimes they set up karaoke for people. And, and she kind of wanted to see what was all of this about. And then she came back. And she brought food. And then she came back again and she served food. And then she came back again and she set up tables and she set up chairs. So when she approached me and said, I'd like to run for city council. I'm thinking about it. What do you think? I said, you run. I'll support you. Unbeknownst to me. And by the way, one, another one of the reasons why I said yes to that, if Brian is watching the show or if Octavian is watching the show, because we haven't had a chance to chat yet. She endorsed Brian DePino and worked on Brian's campaign. So I thought automatically Brian was going to be in her camp and Brian was going to support her. 
I was wrong about that. I was wrong about that, and I'm not sure why I was wrong about that because I haven't talked to anybody about it. But I supported Fidelina Santiago, and I think I made a good choice. The voters thought so, too. The election in District A, which is the Prospect Hill neighborhood of Lawrence, was Fidelina Santiago 531. Vladimir Acevedo, whom I don't think I've ever met, I don't think, he certainly has never reached out to us, never asked to come on this program, never asked for an interview for the newspaper, never asked me to interview him online, never sent me a press release telling me what his campaign was up to. This guy thought he was going to win because Lawrence Mayor Brian DePena endorsed him. Now, here's what's really interesting about that race, and I want to focus on that race a little bit right now. It was 531 to 382. Two years ago, I came in here, and I showed you the numbers online. And I showed you the numbers of how what Brian DePena's numbers were on Prospect Hill District A, and what Maria de la Cruz, who was the city council who won two years ago, she stepped down, she's not running this year, what her numbers were. They were almost identical. Brian's numbers in District A were almost identical in the, from the mayor's race to the district council race, which means the people on Prospect Hill were pro-Brian and voted for his candidate, no matter who his candidate was. This year, it went the opposite. And by the way, almost vote for vote. It was 500 and something to 300 and something two years ago in favor of Brian. Now it's 531 to 382 against Brian's candidate. That spells trouble for his reelection coming in two years from yesterday or two years from Tuesday. So Fidelina Santiago is going to be the new. She replaces Maria de la Cruz, who I'm really heartbroken that did not win. Um, Maria de la Cruz, yes, she was the deciding vote against TMF the first time we went before the council. I don't blame her. I blame Dan Rivera, who played hardball, and I think threatened her, threatened to pull some of the funding out of her district if she didn't vote the way he wanted her to. Um, But she was one of the deciding votes this year for TMF, and she's always been a good friend. So, um, you know, I'm never going to not be somebody's friend simply because they didn't vote the way I wanted them to. Although when I saw all the state reps voting for this gun confiscation bill, I gave it a lot of thought, I'll tell you that. Because that puts my life in jeopardy, but I digress. In District B, Wendy Luzon, 459, Jessica Aquino, 457. This morning, I got a phone call from somebody in one of the camps saying that they have counted 14 provisional ballots. Provisional ballots are, let's say you go to vote, and they say, geez, I'm sorry, your name's not on the voting list. And you say, well, why? I, I voted every year. Why is my name not on the voting list? Well, I don't know. Did you turn in your census? Ah, oh, Ming, I forgot, I forgot to turn in my census. Well, we're going to give you a provisional ballot, and we want you to fill out your census here. And then when it gets to City Hall, they'll check your eligibility, and if you're eligible to vote, your vote will count. Great. So those are provisional ballots. In District B, which is the North Common area where the bus stop is, the Buckley Station where TMF serves the homeless, where City Hall is, where downtown is, that whole area that is is um, being represented by Estella Reyes, our state rep. She won the state rep race. She held on to her city council seat but said she would not run for re-election. So now it's Wendy Luzon versus Jessica Aquino. Before the provisional ballots, 459 to 457, Wendy Luzon wins. With the provisional ballots, Wendy Luzon picks up 10 votes, and Jessica Aquino picks up four votes. So that's a net gain of six votes, which means Wendy Luzon wins by eight votes. 
in that race. And by the way, four, five, four, eight, nine, that's about 900 and maybe 15 votes total. I'm just giving you a rough number. It's not exact. But about 915 people in District B voted. That's less than like 10% of the people who live in District B. I mean, if another, if another 15 people came out to vote in that race, you'd have a different person sitting there. All of you who are from Lawrence who, who think, and Wendy, by the way, is one of them, even we don't agree on this, who think illegal immigration is great, you only think illegal immigration is great right now in, in Lawrence because most of the illegal aliens who are Dominicans are coming to Lawrence. And it's increasing your numbers, and you think that's wonderful. But let me ask you this, because I know my Dominican friends are not real happy with people who are Haitian because the island of Hispaniola with Dominican Republic is, the other half of the island is Haiti. And I know what the Dominicans in the Dominican Republic do to illegal aliens who come into the Dominican Republic from Haiti. It's not pretty. It's certainly not what we do here in the United States. They don't just welcome them in. Let me ask you this. If you're Dominican and you live in Lawrence and like, you're like Wendy and you think illegal aliens are wonderful, how wonderful do you think it's going to be when six months from now, Joe Biden sends 10,000 Somalians or 10,000 Haitians to the city of Lawrence and starts using hotels and abandoned buildings to put up these illegal alien Haitians in your neighborhoods? You're going to be crying racism then? Bet you're not. I bet you're not. I bet you're going to be fucking outraged. You're going to be outraged that they're changing the makeup of your community, that they're changing the makeup of your neighborhoods, that they're changing the makeup of the culture that's in your neighborhood and your community, the culture of your schools, the culture of the way the police department has to operate, the, the culture of how City Hall has to operate. You are going to be outraged. You weren't outraged when you were advocating for illegal aliens who are Dominican, to, more of them to come into the city. That didn't outrage you at all. Because it benefited you. But when Joe Biden starts sending Haitians into Lawrence in very large numbers, as he's doing in other places, you know it's only a matter of time. I don't think you're going to be too happy about that. Remember, at one point, the Irish controlled Lawrence. Before that, the Germans controlled Lawrence, and they hated the Irish when the Irish came because they were changing the culture of their neighborhood, changing the culture of the way the city did business. Then the Italians came, and the Irish and the Italians hated each other. Somewhere in between there, the French showed up. Nobody liked them. And the Boy Scout troop would show up at your house. They'd, they'd surrender. That was the joke when I was growing up. And then all of a sudden, Puerto Ricans started showing up in Lawrence. Nobody liked that either. And it wasn't because of racism. It wasn't that Italians hated the Irish race. It was because... They were coming into the country, although they were doing it legally, but they were coming into the country, they were coming in large numbers, and they were all showing up at once and changing the makeup of a community overnight. That's what people were objecting to. Italians didn't hate Irish any more than Irish hated Italians before that happened. The French didn't hate the Germans, and the Germans didn't hate the Irish, and the Irish didn't hate the Germans until that happened. So it wasn't about racism, it was about protecting their own community, protecting their way of life, keeping things the way that they were. I digress, because Wendy's so liberal, I wanted to make that point. Um, hopefully she, she, grows, she grows up on that topic a little bit. In District C, 397 to 185, Greg Delasario wins over my good buddy Jorge Gonzalez, and had Jorge Gonzalez ever bothered to pick up the phone and call me to help, I, I might have helped him. But now I'm so entrenched with 
Greg Delisario. He's doing such a great job for the city of Lawrence. He's doing such a great job for the veterans of Lawrence that it would be really, really hard for me to now swap trains and jump on board with my good, good, and he's a really good friend, Jorge Gonzalez. We played poker 25 years ago. We used to make a mint. He cheats like hell, though, by the way. He cheats like hell. That's why you want him on your side. Because if he's on the other side, you can never win. I love that guy, but there's no way I could have supported him, and he didn't even bother to reach out. And he ended up losing about 400 votes to about 200 votes. He lost more than two to one. It was 397 to 185. But again, if another 200 people had showed up, just 200 from anywhere, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Somalia, anywhere, it doesn't matter where they came from, if another 200 people decided they were going to change the makeup of Lawrence, change the culture of Lawrence, change the tone of Lawrence, you could have 200 people show up at the polls and change everything. That's a dangerous thing. If you live in Lawrence, and by the way, everything I'm saying about Lawrence applies to Methuen too. We're not, I'm not going to do the numbers in Methuen, but I'll tell you who won and, and, um, and what it means. So where did we end up? Okay, so we ended up with Greg Delosario in C. In D, uh, that is the Tower Hill neighborhood, which is currently being represented by Giovanni Rodriguez. Giovanni Rodriguez uh, decided to step down from the district seat and run at large which is much harder, costs a lot more money, so why would he do it? Usually, I'd say 90% of the time, when a district counselor decides to not run for re-election when they know it's an easy win in their district and decides to run citywide, they're testing the waters to run for mayor. 95% of the time, that's the case. In fact, I'd say maybe 99% of the time, that's the case. Because if you're a city councilor, you get the same pay, as a, a district council gets the same pay as an at-large council. You get the same insurance, but you only have to campaign in your neighborhood. You don't have to campaign through the whole city. So it's less money for bumper stickers, less money for ads, less money for signs, less money for mailings, less effort. Instead of walking the whole city, you walk your neighborhood and you're done. So Giovanni decided he was going to run at-large, which means he could be running against Brian DePena in two years, and he will be a formidable opponent if he runs. Remember who told you that first? He, uh, the opinion people are laughing. They don't think Giovanni is a threat at all. I'm telling you Giovanni's a threat. And I'm telling you now that he's a threat. Because the forces against Brian are marshalling offshore. And, and they're coming. They're coming for Brian in two years. People are already lining up. People are already making donations. Even Kendris Vasquez is starting to rear his ugly head in Lawrence politics again. He was helping a couple of candidates on election day, and we didn't think we'd ever see him again, and he may be coming back. He may be coming back and running against Brian. And if all of these people start coalescing their, their, uh, their forces, Brian could be in trouble in two years. And I'll tell you another reason for that. All of my, all of my white friends in Lawrence, of which there aren't as many as Dominican because they're a small part of the population, are beyond bullshit at the mayor right now. Because in their words, now this is not me talking, in their words, every time I go on Facebook, there's the mayor in Spanish talking about some great project going on in Lawrence, and then it's never translated into English so that those of us who don't speak Spanish can know what the hell's going on. And by the way, not just my white friends, but my black friends in Lawrence who don't speak any Spanish at all, my Asian friends in Lawrence who don't speak any, Eng any Spanish at all, 
are all complaining about the same thing. You cannot be the mayor of Lawrence and you cannot win being the mayor of Lawrence only catering to the Dominican community. I guess statistically you probably could. But the way that the different coalitions work in Lawrence, it makes it almost impossible. All right, where else do we have? So on, on Prospect Hill, replacing Giovanni, Vivian Marmel, who is the daughter of Jackie Marmel, wins over a gentleman named Severino. It's 424 to 268. So two to one, Vivian Marmel wins. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure Brian did not support Vivian Marmel in that race. I could be wrong. Then you've got uh, in District E, my favorite city councilor of all time. Stephanie Infante, who's been on this show and was supposed to be here today, by the way, committed to being here and then couldn't make it. Uh, she trounced some guy named Machuca. Machuca. 643 to 313. That's the way an election's supposed to be run. Like, you should win 3 to 1, 4 to 1 if you're going to win. If it's any closer than that, then that means new voters, an influx of new voters could turn that over in another election. So 643 to 313, Stephanie Infante returns to the council. And then, no surprise here, in District F, the last bastion of white neighborhoods in the city of Lawrence, Mark LaPlante, the only white guy to survive, by the way, on election day in Lawrence, the only white guy to survive. We had three of them in Lawrence in elected office. Two of them defeated by Latinos. Now there's one left. And that's Mark LaPlante, the council president, 545 to 290. And then let's take a look at the at-large citywide race. You've got, uh, well, I don't know why I don't have that. Do I have that? Isn't that terrible? I should have it. There it is. In the at-large race, you've got Giovanni Rodriguez, who we just talked about, stepped down from his district seat to run at large, topped the ticket. He topped the ticket, Brian. I hope you're paying attention, Octavian and, and William Castro and Lynette Perez and everybody who worked on Brian's campaign. I hope you're paying attention to these numbers. 2,777, Giovanni Rodriguez went from the Tower Hill District City Council to the at-large city council citywide, and he pulled 2,700 votes out of, a, out of an election where almost nobody showed up. Uh, Selena Reyes, 2,693. So she's about 800 votes, but well, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, she's, she's actually over 1,000 votes behind Giovanni Rodriguez. That's got to tell you something, if you're in Lawrence. And then Anna Levy, who kind of surprised me. I kind of thought she was done. She doesn't show up at most of the meetings. She does most of the meetings via Zoom, which pisses a lot of people off because she claims that she can't come to the meetings because of her health situation. But then we go on Facebook and we see her at Mexican restaurants, at ribbon cuttings, you know, hobnobbing with people in close quarters. And it kind of seems hypocritical to a lot of people. I've never criticized her over it, but that's what I heard throughout the whole campaign. And Rich Russell, who is an incumbent, white incumbent Lawrence City Councilor, who only got the job because Pavel Payano became a senator, and he was next in line in the last election. He didn't even come in fourth. Three got elected in that, seat, in that race. There were six candidates. Martha Rentis uh, was in fourth place with 1277, and then Rich Russell with 1225. So we lost Rich Russell in the at-large race. We lost Leo Lamontagne, who has been on the Greater Lawrence Tech School Committee since I first ran in 1985, 36 years ago, Leo Lamontagne from Leo's Auto on South Broadway in Lawrence, who is an alumni of, Lawrence, of the Greater Lawrence Tech, as am I, by the way. Um, 
he ran in 1985 and he won, and he has been on the board since 1985, most of my adult life. I was 18 years old in 1985 when I ran. That's the year I graduated high school. I ran for school committee like the year that I graduated from high school. That's a funny story I'll tell someday, but it won't be today. And he got replaced by a Latino. So Rich Russell, white guy, replaced by a Latino. Leo LaMontagne, 36 years of service to the city, replaced by a Latino. And then you put on CNN and they talk about the great replacement theory. And they brag about how they're going to turn Texas into a Democrat state with this influx of all these Latinos. But then when someone who's white talks about it like me and says, well, but they're purposely trying to replace white people with Latinos, that's a conspiracy theory and I'm racist. I'm not racist. I'm pointing out what Democrats themselves are pointing out that they're doing. They're bragging about it on CNN. But when someone on Fox says it, it's racist. When Tom Duggan says it, it's racist. When a white person says it, it's racist. Well, it's not racist. It's a fact. And by the way, I'm okay with it. I really couldn't care less. Because it's no different than when the Irish-controlled Lawrence... And all of a sudden, another group came in and the Irish lost their power. When the, when the Germans controlled Lawrence and all of a sudden the Irish came in, and the, and the eventually it's going to swing in a different direction. Eventually, another group of immigrants is going to come in and it's going to start pushing out the Dominicans. We're actually starting to see that in South Lawrence a little bit, too. We're starting to see in South Lawrence an influx of Vietnamese and Asians in the South Lawrence area where St. Patrick's Church is on South Broadway. There's even a couple of Vietnamese businesses that have popped up over there because the, the Asian population is increasing in that neighborhood. And you know what else is going on in that neighborhood? Dominicans are fleeing. Just like in Lowell, when Asians moved in, white people fled. Just like in Lawrence, when, Domin- when, when Puerto Ricans showed up, white people fled. And when Dominicans showed up, Puerto Ricans fled. The, the majority of Lawrence's voters at one point, or almost the majority, of, at, the, at the very least, the majority of the Latinos in Lawrence at one point were all Puerto Rican. I'd say like around the early 90s, the majority of the Latinos in Lawrence were Puerto Rican. Now it's like 75% Dominican. Now, there's nothing racist about anything that I just said. It's just historical fact. It's just the way the different groups interact with each other. And it's, not, and, and, and it's not because Puerto Ricans were racist against Dominicans and didn't like Dominicans, so they all moved out. It's because people want to live where they have other people that are like them. I mean, there are entire towns. I've got a friend that lives in the Philippines. His daughter comes to TMF, by the way, every Wednesday. Steve Johnson, he's a veteran. He lives in the Philippines, and he lives in a little enclave in the Philippines where there's a shit ton of Americans. They all speak English. They have businesses, just like there are businesses in Lawrence that you can go into. There's nobody speaks English. They all speak Spanish. There's little communities in the Philippines where it's expatriates, people who are from the United States who have gone there to live. And there is an entire section where you can go into every store and nobody speaks Filipino. Everybody speaks English. He does little videos on YouTube, by the way. Find him on, um, I think it's, he's called the expat, but I'll post it. I'll post it on my, on my page. So Lawrence is going to change again. Lawrence has changed in the past. Lawrence is going to change again. And by the way, that change is coming to Methuen. I didn't have time today to get into the Methuen elections because there really were no surprises in Methuen except for Nellie Soto winning in the East End. That, I think, kind of surprised everybody. What we didn't know about that election was that Mike Sullivan was behind her. Had anybody told me that, I would have predicted her to win. But what's going on in Methuen is what happened in Lawrence in the late 80s, early 90s. 
More Dominicans are moving into Methuen. More Latinos moving into, into Methuen. And the corrupt white power structure, and this is coming from Tom Duggan, so pay attention. The corrupt white power structure in Methuen is about to fall. And it's about to fall because you've got an influx of Latinos coming in and they're having none of it. And I look at what the Latinos, what the Dominicans did in Lawrence, it took them 15 years. But the Dominicans in Lawrence came in and wiped out the corrupt white power structure in Lawrence. And at first they replaced it with a corrupt Dominican power structure in Lawrence. And now they've really gravitated from Dan Rivera and Brian DePena. Now they've kind of gravitated toward really a not corrupt. There's still stuff that goes on because people are people and they're always going to do stupid shit. But it's not a completely corrupt power structure. I know that there are people who are going to argue about that. People who don't like Brian. They don't like the fact that he just hired his friend and chief of staff to be the acting chief of police. But at least the guy's got law enforcement experience. Because in the 80s and the 90s, people were being hired just because they were somebody's brother. And I can name them off the top of my head. And at least now, people who are politically connected are getting hired for these big jobs, but at least they're qualified for the jobs that they're doing. In Methuen, nobody's qualified for the job that they're Let me take that back. It's not nobody's qualified. There's an awful lot of people not qualified for the jobs they're being hired for in Methuen. And in Haverhill, it's even worse. So yes, we have a corrupt white power structure in a lot of our local communities And I'm very impressed with the Dominican culture of coming in and wiping that out. And yes, it did start with Willie Lantigua being corrupt and Dominican and bringing Dominican politics. But then a funny thing happened. Second and third generation Dominicans started coming back to Lawrence and running for office and cleaning shit up. Like Giovanni Rodriguez, like Wendy Luzon, like like, um, Stephanie Infante. I I think she might be third generation. I could be wrong about that, so I probably shouldn't have said it out loud. But when you get the second and third generation coming back to Lawrence, they're actually going up against the corrupt power structure and trying to make things right and fair. And I'm going to even use the word equitable for the people of the city of Lawrence. All right, I didn't didn't thank my sponsor, so we can roll up Melvin Taylor, and I will do so as soon as I can pull it up here. I'm just so tired. I put the paper to the printer at 5 a.m., and then I was on the phone with him for two hours trying to fix an issue. So I've had literally like an hour and a half sleep today. So who do we have for sponsors today? I want to thank, by the way, I want to thank our sponsors. We actually have room for a few sponsors. I have a few sponsors that I've been giving free sponsorships to because they advertise in the Valley Patriot. But we really could use a couple more paid sponsors. Everybody said when I was in the hospital, is there anything I could do to help you, Tom? Tom, please let me know, Tom. Well, I'm letting you know I need sponsors for my show. It's 200 for the month. It's not a lot of money. We'll promote the shit out of you. And you will, get, you will get our loyal readers, loyal followers, loyal viewers, loyal listeners. will patronize your business because they are loyal. The people who follow me are very loyal. I don't know why. I don't think I've deserved it, <laughs> quite frankly. I mean, we have, our, we have our bash every year, and I show up, and I've got 500 people in the room, and I just still can't believe that there's that many people out there willing to come spend money to see me. So... I want to thank uh, McLennan Real Estate, Century 21, Century 21 McLennan Real Estate. The Zanny Pesci Law Office, Jaina Zanny Pesci won last night, won uh, on Tuesday. Thank you um, to Marsan and Sun Construction, who also won in the District E-Race. EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Borelli's Deli in Part 28, right here on Salem, New Hampshire. 
Tomo is shaking seafood. Clear path for veterans to England. The Doug Mercurial Law Office. AFC Urgent Care and Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. As well as a free shout out to JG's Ice Cream. Dad, you're leaving. You're going back to Australia tomorrow. We will miss you. Do you want to come up and say goodbye? Want to come up and say goodbye real quick? Want to wave to everybody? This is Chrissy's dad. He's here from the from from uh, Australia, there and he go. came. And we'll say goodbye to everybody in Australia. Yeah. If you right. want to, hey, if you want to see him and me in person, come on down to Sadie's Bar and Grill tonight in Salem, New Hampshire, and play music bingo with us. We are uh, we are supporting Isaiah Fifty Eight nice. for the month of November, who is in turn supporting the Moss family, who got some really devastating news about one of their children having leukemia. Ugh. So Isaiah Fifty Eight is going to be donating all proceeds from music bingo this month to directly to the family. So come on out, Sadie's Bar and Grill every Thursday night for November and help support a great cause. All right. Hey, Dad, thank you for coming. Appreciate you being here with us. <laughs> and Melvin Taylor says you got to yes. go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.